Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 11, Episode 2, titled Acheron Part 2. It's the follow-up, the premiere, uh, which we were not so hot on. So that makes me curious. Aaron, what do you think of this episode? You know, in, in, in their old lives, Jim, both you and I were developers, uh, mm-hmm. programmers, and we have a doctrine in programming and automation in general, garbage in, garbage out. Mm-hmm. You take uh, bad inputs. Like, you know, if you've got an algorithm supposed to add up two and two to get four, well, if you put in X and parenthesis, it's going to fuck things up. Um, I think that the inputs of this episode from last episode were garbage. So it does not surprise me that a lot of the answers that they got in this episode were also garbage. Um, yeah. I think the Commonwealth stuff is still pretty interesting, although I thought there was some cringy shit going on in terms of, you know, some of the characters reactions and things like that. Uh, And then a lot of the subway stuff, like if you're going to have this two episode arc come away with Maggie having a grudging respect for Negan, I don't know why you lean into Negan as an asshole when you've just spent like a lot of the last season and a whole fucking episode of your bonus trying to say that Negan has as is, is, is different mm-hmm. and I get it because I was watching the end of you know Angela Kang zoom call yep that she has <laughs> at the end of every episode and like I get that she's you know Negan's Negan and he can't like you can't expect him to completely change his spots mm-hmm. but Negan's also not a fool and he's astute uh you know he can he is political enough to worm his way into the upper echelons of the whisperers and read the room and make consistently good decisions to great. I don't understand why he can't do that with the widow here. That's just because he loves uh, bald women. Don't don't you understand? He just yeah. loves bald women so much. It was he couldn't resist. Real problem with women with hair in their heads. This guy. Yeah. Um. I I just like yeah. Some of that stuff is was wasn't great. Maggie's. Like I don't give a shit about Gage. This this uh, you know the <laughs> shitty teen as I call him. Sh- yeah, yeah shit, shitty teen. And I the only reason I know his name is because they said it about seventeen times in the course of his. Because of course, right around scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean that whole situation was stupid. Yeah. Like, and then immediately is on. Un- but maybe uh, there's also um, there's also in something intentional about we're supposed to understand that Maggie is maybe a somewhat thing of a bad person or a lot more conflicted or compromised morally person from the shit that she's been through. But I felt like there's better ways to tell that story. And yeah. What'd you think? Yeah. I, I, as much as I didn't care for the first episode, I liked this one less. Um, I, I, kind of admired what they were going for with with trying to salvage what they had done with Maggie and Negan in the last episode when Negan was just like yeah I I left her to die there's a big difference between directly killing her and doing that and what of it she just tried she just said to all of you she wanted to murder me so what am I to do Walter like Uh that kind of made a certain amount of sense but then they never resolve that they never follow that to its conclusion they just distract and that that is a tactic of a weak script in my opinion um and so i i was less impressed i was impressed by the way they started it i was not impressed by the way that ended i think 
the shit with Maggie under the train and that whole scenario of Negan like being on the top of the train and watching her fall. All that was god awful. I just think about the logistics of it. None of it makes a damn bit of sense. Uh, there, there are a couple of things I like about this episode. Remarkably, Eugene uh, McDermott. What's what's his first name? Josh McDermott. Josh yeah. McDermott fucking crushes this scene. I thought. I, yeah, I, like I've never good. seen him be this good. I felt like uh, Eugene and Yumiko had standout scenes. It's just that uh, and Eugene's script was pretty good. I don't know about Yumiko's. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that when we get there. Um, if, as uh, other praise, uh, I think this new director they got, I, I heard that this is the first time he directed The Walking Dead Part 1 and 2. I think he's got a real good eye for slick action, which is a good thing okay. for this show to have because sometimes this show has just um, finds a way to make action boring. I felt like this action was implausibly like the scenario is implausible with this the subway and what we know about the doors going one way and the doors going the back way and the doors going up and the doors going down like i don't see how these guys get stuck in this situation to where like oh fuck we got to let someone die but also it's easy enough for one person to fight their way through and free us and also like i think this group can kill an infinity zombies in this situation without using a single bullet like this whole ammunition excuse a was sharp bullshit. Like Morgan just does like there's that the, I, the you've seen a subway door, right? They're uh-huh. barely enough for a single person to fit through <laughs> It's a natural choke point. So you jab, 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 jab. You do that a half a dozen, maybe a dozen times. That is now a blocked doorway. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Right. Like this logistically, uh, this episode is a nightmare, um, but for, for various direct- reasons. So so that that was a problem, but like Daryl doing his John Wick shit was legitimately sick and cool. Yeah. And, and now um, suddenly, suddenly grenades work again, like the grenade that they set off inches from Maggie's face doesn't do anything. But the grenade that Daryl stuffs in a mouth blows up half of fucking subway system. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's contained within the zombie's mouth, you know, which is gelatinous uh, by nature. Right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just really increases the shockwave. I don't know. So I but I think that like that's the thing. Um, I probably would have been really savaging this episode even more than I am, except for I kind of expected like I didn't see. I was like, yeah, ah, yeah. maybe they'll pleasantly surprise me with some kind of uh, resolution I didn't see coming. But I was and I kind of expect for this reason a lot. Some there's still probably going to be some shitty like I just don't have any confidence that this Maggie Negan showdown. So that's probably going to be continued to be shitty. I am excited about the Commonwealth stuff. That stuff seems very interesting. Yeah, um, and we got we got a lot of really cool new information about that. Um, yeah, I'm liking to where that 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 stuff is going. I, I will also give them credit. I think this episode has probably the darkest thing that Walking Dead has ever done, and it's that story from Maggie. I won't I won't like praise the context for right. it all, but that story is fucking dark. It's like hills it have eyes type shit. That it, it, yeah, I think without a doubt, it's the darkest thing the show's ever done. And I was surprised it, they went there. It, uh, it it's very reminiscent to the script for an old X Files episode, I, season four oh, episode, the one home. that fucked me up as a kid. Yeah, and the one that was yeah. banned, the Fox never aired again because it's like, oh <laughs> shit, we we went a little too hard on this one. Yeah, they yeah, sure yeah, did yeah, with, the, with all the fucked up farmers. Um, yeah, the stuff on the under the bed and all. Ugh, ugh yeah. fuck that episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so that. Uh, so so but but that's what I'm saying is like it did feel first of all it felt a little out of place and the point it served in the story I'm not sure made a lot of sense. Yeah, um, contextually I don't know, but 
I admire its darkness. Finally, what do you think about the overall world building there? It looks like they're doing some Occupy Wall Street style commentary on class this season of The Walking Dead with that like uh, mural that Daryl found and yeah, like, the yeah. homeless people living next to the people with the suitcases of cash <laughs> handcuffed to their arm. I, I'm nervous because it's an important topic that should be discussed in art. You know, like uh, a lot of people mm-hmm. like Parasite. That's a that's a nice, uh, creepy kind of horrific way to deal with the same subject material. I don't know that I trust The Walking Dead to really have an, something intelligent to say about, uh, you know, class. But they're they're uniquely poised to do this because the Alexandrians are essentially beggars and immigrants and have nothing to offer. And you have this mm-hmm. other well-established, well-equipped, well-organized town that is, oh, God, we don't need all these unwashed masses, these these teeming, these these huddled masses coming to our shores. Some real conflict. So, like, I think The Walking Dead could do a lot of good there. I just, oh, I don't know. Those are some pretty big, pretty big, important topics on the top of the shelf there to be reaching and pulling down. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I'll see what they do with them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shall we get into the episode? Yeah, sounds good. Let's take a quick break first. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. All right, we start off where we left Maggie last time, midfall. I think she's like, yeah, she hits the ground. Uh, she tries to shoot some walkers and then gets overwhelmed when she runs out of ammo. Uh, this was not a and this was not a strong start for the episode because, well, how could it be, right? If you're gonna pick up here, there's really no way to do this without just killing Maggie. Um. But the way they chose to do it is insane to me. So I'm trying logistically to imagine how they end up in the next scene where they drop into the train car because Maggie screams Negan. Maggie fires off multiple shots with her gun and, no one and everybody drops in to the car like they didn't hear anything. They are in a fucking echo chamber. They are in yes. an enclosed space in a tunnel where that is going to echo for miles. So my imagination says as soon as they got to the top of the train car, they just fucking sprinted. They ran two and a half miles down this tunnel. Yeah, there's like 64 train cars that they they finally found one where the hatch let them in. Yeah, right. Because otherwise, like nobody's asking what happened. Where's Maggie? They're asking like, holy shit, we should go back for Maggie because she was clearly in distress. I see. I thought they were going to show that, like, you know, um, you know, Negan gets down there and then you hear like bang, 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 bang. And it stops and they're like they realize, but they never even do that. And what's really stupid is later in the episode, Daryl is alerted to the fact that he's needed for help because he hears gunshots coming from within the subway car. Right. And a scream when he is like. Further, further away than they further. are absolutely you, you you would think so like uh yeah that wasn't great on the other hand there's a lot of people saying that like oh this is the glenn dumpster you know oh it's that too and it's framed just like that as well yeah but there's a difference between someone crawling underneath a train 
and someone crawling underneath a fucking dumpster. Yeah, like, there's there more is an area. obvious way to keep crawling and 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 get yourself between yeah. you know and I I think that 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 was that was fine. But, but they do the same and- framing where like the zombies are clearly chewing on her face at this point. Starting to, yeah, there was yeah. they were too close to her. I agree with that. They were. They overwhelmed that. her. Eight of them had grabbed her. There's no way she's gonna muscle her way under this train. But of course she does. Of course, right. Yeah, and it's like it's not. I just can't take it serious as a cliffhanger because it's it's essentially a credits cliffhanger. I mean, come on, mm-hmm. first commercial break, she'll be fine, right? Um, so then, yeah, like I said, the survivors drop into the train car and clear it. Maggie doesn't show up, and Boston Rob wants to go back for her, but the others, including Gabriel, don't. They don't give a shit. And that will. I mean, they don't give a shit, but it's like you know, Maggie'd be pissed if we risked ourselves to go back after one person. Like I. That's this stuff was fine. I, I thought yeah, that, yeah. you know, and, and also Gabriel's kind of like a bigger asshole this year. He they've been t- consistently telling the story of him, his kind of heart going dark and him losing his faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's fine. Um, I also really like the they did the whole like zombies outside of a uh, I don't know where the source of light, but like you could see all <laughs> of the, the thing, man, <laughs> all of their hands and arms crawling on all of like, I thought that was cool. The whole subway car, every subway car has just got zombies everywhere and they're crawling all over the windows. That stuff is, it's a hallmark of the zombie genre. For sure. I thought it was, it was nice. It's nice to see. Uh, yeah, it is. Although I do want to talk about what the fuck is the light source in this tunnel. And if they have enough light to fight with, as we'll mm. see later in the episode, they're totally cool. But, just like taking crossbow yeah. shots in this. It, it, there are no fucking sun, sun roofs. There are no moon lights in here. There's nothing. You're underground. It should be pitch fucking black. And then Maggie lights up a, a flare later. A road flare, yeah. You know, because they would need light. Makes sense. Right. But they already clearly have light because that flare wasn't lit for you know the vast majority of this and they're just walking like it's nighttime outside it's yeah it's because like i think you're supposed to understand it's like cave dark inside here but they're not selling that story um and some of that's like well if it's cave dark all the time except for flashlights then it'd be a muddy dark episode to see but like i don't know because like but they want it both ways because they talked last episode about the flashlights like oh they took our batteries shit we have no flashlights it doesn't fucking matter there's a apparently a moon in this tunnel casting and light with, and, and with the low and you can do pitch black scenes now like uh, better call saw yes. has pi- on amc by the way has pioneered these new cameras that are that have these ultra low light sensitivities digital cameras you can shoot in pitch black and it looks like it's pitch black you can still see everything yeah um this is like very stagey darkness and mm-hmm. not particularly well done but like eh, whatever i thought the well it'd the be whatever if the, they didn't make a point to say hey we're running out of light Yes, they could definitely tell that story better with, again, the low light techniques and, and, and stuff like that. They could they could you could really shoot this set with a flashlight and it would look cool as fuck. And yeah. with the right camera, it would still be the audience can see with the decent high def tech camera. What the hell's going on? Right. Uh, uh, Egan has the chance to be a superstar because he's the only one to crow that crowbar he picked up. That uh, almost you know, Aaron almost killed him for uh, boy. Mm-hmm. It's really earning its keep in this episode. <laughs> prying them subway doors open oof you think weapons are like finders keepers in this universe like if he found a sweet battle axe or something he'd be able to keep it (laughs) right yeah Yeah, everything except for guns like those are community right true yeah you got to put those in the storage locker but like yeah like no one's going to get daryl's morning star right 
<laughs> you know, it's like that's his. Or you're, uh, yeah, come, you know, like Mole and Levy, come and get them, as the mm-hmm. Spartans would say. Like, what are you going to do? Take Daryl's fucking spike club away from him? I don't think so. I wouldn't try. Uh, speaking of Daryl, he bashes through a wall to another stretch of tunnel that used to be inhabited. He sees a whole lot of cave paintings depicting the rise and fall of royalty, uh, including like a briefcase of cash that's sitting there. And it really paints a picture. They do this pretty well. This reminds me of one of those apocalyptic video games like Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn, where you're going into a thing and, you know, oh, look, uh, there's a dollar bill laying on the ground. Oh, let's pick it up. Oh, there's some backstory. Uh, here's a Walkman on the ground. Here's the last dying screams of the subway tunnel. But but yeah, this is the, the Occupy Wall Street stuff where you've got the, you know, the fat cats that are kind of ruling over everybody. And then the apocalypse comes and their money can't save them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're begging for food. And then you've got like in the subway tunnel itself that this this doesn't make sense there's a nicely dressed man with a suitcase full of cash uh handcuffed to his his body but they've removed his arm and opened the cash but the arm is just like so what the fuck i'm supposed someone killed him sawed his arm off and then went ahead and popped the lock over this anyway and opened it and said suitcase full of cash this sucks. I was expecting <laughs> nuclear codes. Like, what the fuck else is going to be in a suitcase that's that's handcuffed to someone's arm? And why would you cut yeah. it off of him three feet later, pop open the lock and be like, ah, oh, fucking cash bullshit. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I can't imagine what else. I mean, there's so many things you could have done that would be like funnier. Like, oh, it's this guy's like porn stash or something <laughs> handcuffed to his <laughs> arm in the apocalypse. Yeah, because you cut a guy's arm off if you want to take the, the stash and run with it. So you uh-huh. can then, you know, jimmy it the locks in your leisure. I don't know why you cut it off the guy and just, I don't know. I thought that. So it's like, yeah. And I also like, so what? If I th- I feel like, I don't know, this stuff almost gets in the way because like they're not doing anything hmm. with it right now. And it yeah, yeah. seems like there's obvious haves versus have nots when you're going to talk about Alexander trying to get asylum at the uh, the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. So, like, why don't you just. Why don't you just do it then? Maybe this is the you appetizer know? for that conversation. Yeah, it's foreshadowing. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah, it's it's cross hatching. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Yeah, it's texture, baby. Texture. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's as pointless as a suitcase full of cash strapped to your arm. <laughs> the apocalypse. Yep. Uh, so then, yeah, like I said, uh, there's this briefcase of cash. I was, I was thinking um, this could be useful as like, well, okay. So what we found out about the purpose of incinerating cash this episode was interesting because I was thinking, oh, they yes. could take this to to uh commonwealth and give it to them to incinerate as like a tribute or something like hey you're trying to rid the world of money huh here you go it turns out it's just a supply thing yeah they're trying to control their monetary supply that makes a lot of sense so i wonder if there is going to be like if daryl is going to keep this hundred dollar bill as memento and it's contraband and there's like there's going to be some kind of bullshit with that i i do wonder if maybe they would be better off, you know, eventually the world's going to go back to some semblance of normalcy, right? Wouldn't they want to like hang on to this cash? But by that time, I guess they could print more. It wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Considering yeah, yeah, it's it right doesn't idea. matter what it is. It's just like you, you know, you could use yeah. literally anything that's hard to counterfeit. Yeah. I, d- I do think that like I like the basic structure of this where Yumiko, she saw that board. 
She saw that there's mm-hmm. an expedited process, which implies a whole bunch of things about, well, there must be a policy and there must be procedure and there must be people like, and, and now, and now I can see a thing that I can plug into as a lawyer. That made a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I, thought- I just feel like they fucked it up. Like they had Yumiko not being like, she went in there like, uh, you know, essentially like a pissed off customer wanting to speak to the manager about why oh, there's a literal salad wasn't tossed properly. There's a literal Karen scene in instead this episode. of like, yeah, serious. But like, why, why play it that way instead of like, well, you're a bureaucrat trying to plug into your bureaucracy. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's no like she could have just been like, hey, because like all that. OK, we'll I'll wait. Maybe I'll wait till I get this scene. But oh, like, yeah, I think we're kind of there. Um yeah, we're we're at the Commonwealth. Yumiko says, uh, tells Princess she's going to demand to speak to the person in charge and connect with her brother. Uh, I was surprised when Eugene rolls up because I thought Eugene and Ezekiel had just gone on without them. I uh, did too. It, which would not have worked in any way. No. Um, and so I'm glad they're still there. But then, yeah, Zeke is apparently gone and he's freaking out. But but there's also like there's a whole bunch. So they did this gambit where they all snuck out, but then they snuck back in. But then yeah. King Ezekiel got taken. Like there's a guard that's like, uh, do you guys take my armor for an hour? Why I was fucking the other person? I didn't know about like none of this shit. This doesn't like, work. But again, yeah. garbage in, garbage out. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a dumb, lazy thing that they never bothered to explain. And now it's like almost played as comedy. Well, it's worse uh, now because you can't roll that plan back. I mean, once you, you know, go in and, and conk the stormtroopers on the head and steal their armor, there's no going back from that. But they tried to just go back from it and hand wave it away. And I don't yeah. know why they. And this is this is this is classic Walking Dead where it's like they're like, OK, yeah. well, how do we get Yumiko being a lawyer? She's got to see this board. OK, so how can we mm-hmm. get it feels like a lot of the first thing that they came up with. She could have just been like thinking. To- interrogation and seen it in the hall as she walked by. I don't know why they needed an escape plan to do this. Well, but then it'd be hard to let the audience know of the significance of what she just saw, because I mean, I guess you could do it as she's walking back. She could, she could like, you know, double take and she could like, they could zoom in on the picture of just her with uh, her Mm -hmm. brother or sister there or whatever. And then tell the others when she gets back to the cage. Like, yeah, yeah. My brother's here. All that. Yeah, but like, is it because I noticed that this episode was almost a full hour and Hmm. I didn't like. I don't know, like, are they padding? Are they giving everyone like an individual moment to shine because this is the last season and they like these characters, these actors and they want to give them a good reel because like there was like Hmm. Eugene, like that's a great thing that he did later in the episode, but it didn't feel necessary. Yumiko's like monologue here, same kind of way. Maggie's, you know, thousand yard stare, uh, ghost story into the camera felt the same way. There's like 10 minutes of just people speechifying and crying and acting big. And I wonder if it was like, just like, you know, what's the last year? Let's just let people strut their stuff. Everyone's going to be that worked out to- so freaking well with like Denise. Oh, I mean, everybody loved how Denise goes out the, the moment yeah. she's important. And that worked well with like a Noah that worked well with a T dog that you know, it's consistent. It's consistently worked. The Walking Dead gives you big, important events because, hell, it's your last episode. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah. But again, it's like I, I feel like there's a lot of better ways they could have got to where they wanted to go that wouldn't have me tearing what little of my hair remains to be torn out. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Yumiko asks one of the 
it goes full carrot on one of the guards and has to speak with their supervisor. And then we go back to the tunnels where Daryl picks through the stuff these people have left behind. He finds food. He finds a message from a family to their father saying, hey, we're moving on without you because that's what you said to do. And then he spots uh, a map on the wall, I think, which is part of the a map of the tunnels. And it so like it kinda... shows like there was like collapsed tunnels marked and there was junctions marked as demons, which again, I imagine that's what they call the that was the. Right at the fall word for zombies around here. I don't know. Who gives a shit? Because Dog runs off and he just goes wildly chasing after it. It's not like that helped him in any way. I'm glad you brought that up because I want to talk about Dog. I've liked Dog. Dog was a real badass in the last two seasons. I'm really worried that Dog is going to be used to service some shaky plot lines. Like Dog is a better Carl. (laughs) <laughs> Carl was frustrating the early seasons because he was with 14 adults that should be focused on keeping track of him. Somehow he eludes them all and goes runs off and there's yeah. always Carl don't go and you got to go a couple of the adults got to go dash off after him. Mm-hmm. He can bumblefuck his way into whatever you need the group to bumblefuck their way into. Doesn't need to be a rhyme or reason for it. It's just like oh the kid runs off. A dog is just a better version because also one thing I found that's kind of fucked up in my 11 years of covering television People are far more scandalized about a dog being killed than they are a child. So like dog is a a dumber, cuter version of Carl that they can use to just like uh, Daryl doesn't need a reason to dash off. Dog dashed off. Yeah. Daryl doesn't need to figure out how to find his way back. Dog can lead it back. Unreasoning brain that they can put into stupid scenarios. Yeah. And something that Daryl's irrationally loyal to. And but the thing is, is like. Dog has never been portrayed as like a quote unquote bad boy. Like when Daryl tells him to sick, he sicks. When he heals, he heals. When he uh, he tells him to follow, like now all of a sudden, like he's got doggy H, you know, hyperattention deficit (laughs) disorder. Attention dog hyperactive disorder. ADHD. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Asshole dog hyperactivity (laughs) disorder. And I just feel like The Walking Dead is going to use it for the same stupid things to just like pointlessly put something cute in danger and also pointlessly split the group at the most inopportune times you can possibly imagine. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Um, And and the comparison to Carl is interesting because I look at this episode and I go, what would be the utility of bringing young baby eight-year-old Carl on a mission like this? Would they bring an eight-year-old Carl Mm. on a mission that is like get to Meridian, kill everyone there, and take the city back? Right. And if you then go and apply that to Dog, well, what's the purpose that Dog serves on this mission? Is Dog going to run up to the gates of Meridian and chomp on a couple of Reapers? He's going to jump over the, he's going to jump over the gates and he's going to tear out the throats. I mean, Unlock it from the inside because I can see if this was a scouting mission. A dog would be useful on a scouting mission, like uh, if you were searching for something. But this is, yeah, this is a siege, right? Assault mission, or or, yeah, what Beta did. Imagine if Beta had a dog with him when he came to Alexandria (laughs) through the tunnels. Would that have worked? Um, I you see that's I I don't know because like I feel like Dog has been a badass. Like he's kind of been like this furry heat seeking missile. Um I've seen him literally jump over like a filing cabinet to take down a whisperer by his throat. Like mm-hmm. um in, in in kind of like uh um you know was it John Wick 3 that had Halle Berry and she was the one that had the yeah. two dogs and they're like running and climbing up walls and ripping dudes nuts crotches, off and shit. A lot of crotches. A lot of like like essentially yeah. 
if he's you, I guess, but like what those dogs, like imagine if how ridiculous that John Wick scene had been. If like Halle Berry was chasing him through the bat. No, come back here, boys. No. Oh, you can't run. the Like, it's stupid. Like yeah. these things, it's not a doggo. It's a weapon of war at this point. So mm-hmm. like you can't, if he's their family pet, that's happy, go lucky and easily distracted. Then you shouldn't take him on the mission. If he's on the missions, cause he's mission capable and he shouldn't be running off willy nilly. Right. Like this is not dogs first zombie rodeo, right? He shouldn't be freaking no. out and being distracted by things that I, I just don't know. I, I just, I just don't want them making him uh, a worse version of Carl because yeah. ugh, that's, that's an instinct. The show doesn't need to lean into. All right. Uh, let's move on to. Yumiko speaking to the interrogators. Uh, she tries to take charge by proving how much she knows about them, both who they are and what they're doing. And she's given some coffee by the red guard. Mercer. Oh, is that his name? Yeah, I finally uh, learned his name. Mercer. Yeah, he's always be red guard to me. You look like Maximilian from the old black hole Disney movie. Um, but uh, I, I did not care for this Sherlock thing. No, like, I, I was hoping like I'm like, is this show going to be slick enough for like those lady, the lady and the, the, the gentleman at the end to be like, you're full of shit. You don't know anything about kind of like what Mercer does. Like I went to West Point, asshole. Mm-hmm. I wasn't some I wasn't some power tripping cop. You jackass. Like yeah. just like you got nothing because the thing is, is like all this shit, all this Karen shit did not sway them one bit. What swayed them is. My sister's here, or my brother, a thoracic surgeon, and I request asylum and be processed according to the rules that I'm aware of and this thing. Yeah. That's the magic word. All this other shit is just her doomed Emmy submission. Mm-hmm. And it makes me like, I, I honestly, I'm, if I'm the, I, I kind of was rooting for the Commonwealth. Like, just shut the fuck up. Everybody wants in here. Get in the back of the line. Like, you're going to come in here and, and say that, like, we're worthless. Like you're going to insult our jobs and our intelligence and then appeal like get the fuck. I don't know. Like she's a defense lawyer. How well did that work for her clients to come up and like go to cops and be like, we pay your salaries. Like get right. the fuck out of here. Yeah. Get all high and mighty with the judge. Yeah. That's that's a recipe for getting a light sentence. Sure. Yeah, I've heard that's the one weird trick. If you're an immigrant and you want your green card, uh-huh. you just sit there and you just give you just give the the immigration attorneys and the customs people and the judges a face full of shit. And they're just like, oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> She's you're right. So serious. <laughs> yeah. Like, I oh, mean, we are we are hip hop. We are hypocrites. We're mm-hmm. not standing for our country's. Yeah. Come on. I, I just I don't know. Like she can she all she could yeah. do is like, I'm a lawyer. I'm smart. I'm my useful. brother's a thoracic surgeon and my face is on the fucking board. Get me the hell out of here. I could have used, I could, I could have, I could have gone without the whole, like, you know, uh, sending the food back because you cooked my steak wrong speech. Yeah. Uh, I do like finding out more about the money supply. Um, you know, assuming this is what it's for. And I think she's right. Um, mm-hmm. that, that they are controlling the supply of cash by incinerating it. Uh, right. And and the X's weren't like some statement about the old world versus the new world. The X's were simply marking the bills for like non-use in case somebody did get a yeah. hold of them and then yeah, deface it. Yeah. Also incineration. Yeah. That stuff was good. Um, although I don't necessarily like how the information was delivered. Uh, the fact that it was delivered like paints, it starts to paint in more of the picture of this place. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think and next I- episode is the one where we'll really get just a face full of Commonwealth. We almost have to now that they've been I accepted. Hope so. 
Because like I said, that's the best part of the season so far. I, and, you know, right. if, if you've listened to this from the beginning, like I've been saying, like, man, I really crave these details of like world building and like reforming mm-hmm. constitutions and stuff. And I got a lot of that. I got a lot of that this episode. So like, yeah, keep giving me more of that. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, that's the next step. Uh, so Eugene and Princess are outside waiting for Yumiko and Princess has to pee. So she talks to a guard. Turns out she's real excited about the prospect of an actual shitter and some toilet paper. And Eugene, while she's using the bathroom, gets uh, even more nervous. Holy shit, I don't know that I've ever seen anyone this nervous. Yeah, like, uh, I've heard the term (laughs) flop sweat, but I've always thought it was just an expression. I actually saw a guy flopping and sweating. It's kind of crazy. (laughs) No, he's he's really entertaining, and I also like Mm -hmm. Princess's, like, excitement about being able to use an act, because she's like, you know, I don't know what, they didn't subtitle the Spanish, but I'm sure she's like, you know, what what hole in the wall, what hole in the floor am I supposed to be shitting through? Uh And they're like, oh, no, it's we actually have a band, I recognize Banya, and she's like, and you got toilet paper? Um, Yeah. But it's also weird because this is a super max security kind of situation and they just kind of like, oh, yeah, it's just down the hall to the right, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and then someone reluctantly follows after her. But like, what the fuck? Are people being kept in cages against their will or you just kind of have the run of the place? Like, yeah, they're remarkably lax. I mean, even the idea that Yumiko could have gotten to speak with the manager here is a little crazy, like a prisoner just making demands from their cage works, especially when a stormtrooper is like, are you asking to speak to my supervisor in, in the kind of like the way you would deliver it if you're the night manager at a place and like mm-hmm. you are the manager like you will. Uh, uh, you I know, guess I like gotta do it. That it. Yeah, I guess I have this prisoner is demanding to talk to managers, so I better get my fucking manager out. I mean, maybe yeah, it's it part of the policy. Of maybe if it's like, hey, uh, you know, these are not prisoners. Because if I'm thinking, okay, what is the Commonwealth actually like, right? Well, these aren't prisoners. These are potential asylum seekers. So they're going to have some rights. And if they do ask for those rights to be honored, we need to honor them. I, I can maybe see it the more I get to know about the Commonwealth. So maybe right. some of this stuff that looks ridiculous on, on first glance right. will make more sense now that we're learning more about the place. Yeah, you're right. Um, but on the other hand, I just I still just think that this is the wrong way to go about it. And, that, and I'm thinking like maybe the show is thinking like, OK, well, if we just she can't just say like, hey, I saw this board because they weren't supposed to be there. Right. Yeah. But she could like but they all know that they're lying. So she could have tried something like, OK, I'm going to level with you. I'd heard rumors that my brother had, you know, I've been trying to find my brother since the fall. I heard rumors that he was in this community. And I'm a virgin. Thanks for not laughing. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I need like, to see my brother. Yeah, but my name is Yumiko and I'm a lawyer and my brother is the thoracic <sighs> sure. surgeon and his last. Like, can you look into that and find like and you can talk to him yeah. and verify my story? Like. You, you don't have to like there's there's not a binary option between staying in the cell and like fessing up that you bust it out. Right. Right. Um, so, again, this smacked of the literal first thing that they thought of before lunch was served in the writer's room. And mm-hmm. then they came back and like, what is next? Oh, yeah, we want a John Wick scene with Daryl. Yeah, OK. Uh, everybody take uh, cocktails for everyone. Let's go home early. They weren't. I don't know. Like, am I? So the one thing I've been fucking that's been fucking with me these last two episodes is because like during the as we we're catching up and we we're doing the bonus episodes, we started to get feedback along the lines of y'all are crazy. This show is not ever stop sucking it's just you guys weren't uh used to it because you know you took a little time off 
I still think nine and 10 are a lot mm-hmm. better than this on the whole. Like there is a distinct drop in the very tail end of the whisperers thing. Yeah. And of course the majority of the, but like this is continuing that run, that decline that I saw. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm honestly shocked. I'm honestly shocked at how kind of um, lazy this fit fit. And like, maybe there's excuse, maybe there's reasons like, you know, AMC's got the budget again or like Angela Kang in the writing's room, like everybody else having to go back to work. Like, ah, fuck shit. Damn. Well, I'm glad the pandemic's like, left, but like, we got to go back to the office now. Like maybe they're just like not getting hmm. into the group. Not a swing, I, but there's yeah. some, something missing. There is something missing. I agree. Maybe th- and, and I hear the justifications for all of these things coming yeah. from Kang in those post uh, episode interviews. Mm-hmm. And they they make a certain amount of sense it's just the connective tissue the way that they approach like the sort of philosophical ideas about the show doesn't work out logistically in a lot of ways and that's always been i mean sometimes the walking dead's gone even further and worse but that has always Mm -hmm. been the main problem with the walking dead right it's just they don't sweat those small details uh like other shows do better shows do and yeah, it seems like it's a, almost a return to form for old Walking Dead before Kang. I, I'm kind of disappointed. Yeah, yeah, same. But we'll see. We'll see what they do with the rest of it. Maybe this is just some some rough ground, like you said, with the pandemic, and they need to get back into the swing of things. Uh, Daryl crawls through a cramp shaft after Dog, and that's really everything to that scene. We're just checking uh, in with sli- him. This is kind of a slick. I'm not sure if this is a location or this one of those things where they got like uh, a couple of 15 foot sections of storm drain and put them on dollies and dressed them and they kind of could so they could rearrange tunnels to make them look different. But like, it's pretty cool. Like, I thought this was uh, slick uh, uh, him working his way through these little little connecting air shafts and sewer systems in a tunnel and tunnels. I thought that was neat. Um, and uh, I mean, good place to stage cramped zombie action. If they really wanted to like save some cash, maybe put some more cash into the writing process, they could have curved those tunnels just a slight bit. Oh yeah, so, so you, you don't know, see how yeah. It, well, it, it, this is a technique, right, where you just reuse the same tunnel over and over again. You got one stretch like ten feet of tunnel, it curves slightly off to one side, yeah, so you like can't Trek, see the termination the of it. And they, they they had like two quarters exactly. and a hundred feet of deck, and they would just endlessly shuffle the corners and the doors mm-hmm. and yeah it's like uh you know those little those uh little paper dress-up dolls where it's like uh-huh you know you can put different cl- that's that's what they do with these sets so yeah yeah could have saved some money there but they chose to go with the the straight shot uh c to the end of it thing so i don't know maybe I it's all when, cg when, maybe when, it's a matte painting at the end of like a 10-foot <laughs> tube i don't know i think when whenever angela king saves the money amc says thanks for saving the money and they just keep it <laughs> never <laughs> they send it like, over I, to frank darabont yeah i just <laughs> they mail him that, another check that was frank in the subway you know it's like that was the amc's exact this is yeah it's frank and he's going to get away with it but we're going to cut his arm off it'll be a zombie ah, this yeah. is their way of getting revenge yeah it no, might have been now that you mentioned <laughs> oh shit um so yeah, next scene is Gabriel, uh, his, his group, prying open the train doors to the next car. Uh, then they hear some Morse code being banged out on the floor. They open the floor hatch and Maggie crawls in. Uh-oh. She immediately pistol whips Negan and explains to the others what happened. And he admits it. Yeah, it's all true and says, uh, hey, she just threatened to kill me. So of course I didn't help her. None of you would either. Also, he saved all of them by killing Alpha and 
I'm thinking, okay, this is about as good as they could do here. Like, I, this is Negan being Negan in a way that kind of makes sense. But then he would not walk out of this room alive, though. I don't it, believe it for a second. It, you might be right. Uh, and I think I think the tide was turning on him. I think like, yeah, they were mm-hmm. they were geared up to maybe kill him. Uh, but then they distract. Right. They, they hear uh shitty shitty teen from the other train is saying like oh let me in let me in i got in here somehow and this is one the lydia i definitely bullies, can't go re- back out that way because yeah. the walkers fall i don't know why but yeah boss and rob wants to open the door nobody else does maggie says now we're not doing it so this kid <laughs> stabs himself in the heart multiple times as just like a oh, fuck you i guess yeah all right I you're guess, gonna watch yeah. me turn then um i this made no sense because I mean, first of all, this is one of the Lydia bullies. I don't care about this kid. Fuck this. No, kid. fuck this guy. Um, yeah. He is kind of a coward. He did fuck up the group. Um, but I don't buy that. They couldn't just pride the door open and then let him inside and then shut the door again, because that right. very thing is what ends up happening. They ended up. Yeah. Getting attacked on both sides from zombies. The doors hold like I, I don't, under again also if i was a kid i'd be like i can barely fit through this door if you guys can't fucking hold off these zombies with a broomstick then i don't know what the hell like you guys have been fighting these guys for 11 years what the fuck none of this yeah. none of this really made sense or kind of clicked with me i've seen um, this in train to Passan had a scene like this and it was so fucking good you've got the mm-hmm. you know the they're stuck on both ends and you got the big guy who's like decides okay i'm gonna sacrifice myself for these people give them time and he just holds back a whole fucking wave by himself whether eating them yeah yeah yeah, like a piranha yeah it's fantastic i love that movie um but but the only reason they're letting this kid die is so is to immediately buttress negan's claim of like well you know someone falls behind fuck them uh-huh um and it is pretty fucking metal. That that kid stabbed himself in the heart and is slowly dying as <laughs> he maintains contact with the group. And the zombies are just pulling yeah, his rib this. cage apart. Yeah, as as the <laughs> zombies are pulling his rib cage apart and shit. That it was a fucking tough death. But like, I don't buy that this group deals with this in this manner. And I don't um, buy the setup. Like, uh, so much of this, so much of these scenarios is about setup. You got to make me believe this is the only option. Uh, yeah, and and that letting him die is the obvious thing to do here, and I just don't right. buy it. Yeah, like you could go like, uh, why don't you go underneath the subway mm-hmm. again through the door that Maggie go came on in. top Those of it? There are zero it. walkers on top of it. Boost people up top. There's no one, and we already see that you guys could safely traverse that. Um, mm-hmm. there's like a lot of things that you could do, or you know, again, this is like a choke point. Just fucking kill a bunch of zombies, right? Um, bust a window out, have them crawl out or down. Like, but there's like, I, again, um, this is like when we were talking on the last feedback section, the stupidest thing of the walking dead we've ever seen. Like when they sent Glenn after the zombie in the well, yeah. it's like literally the first thing the group came up with. Fuck. I will never think of a better idea than that. Use Glenn as a grapple hook. Like it's just, ah, yeah. And again, it was only to give Maggie enough evilness that, that it's like, well, you know, her and Negan, pretty much the same thing right yeah uh not a fan you know the other thing that's disappointing about this um did we talk about this earlier on i can't remember or if we talked about it pre-podcast but 
the idea that Maggie, the justification for not letting this kid in is that they don't have the ammo to fight these walkers. And then when they do fight the walkers anyway, they end up using all their ammo and it's like, well, fuck, I guess we better use our knives and our pointed spears and our uh, fucking scythes or whatever they mm-hmm. have now. Mm-hmm. And they handle them. They fucking handle mm-hmm. of them. Course they do. There's no problem handling these walkers like they would. Right. Mm-hmm. Why'd you waste all your ammo? You could have done this in yeah. the first place. You could have done this before the kid died and had one extra survivor to help you because the yeah. kid could have been an asset like. If you're talking about fucking assets later in the episode, like, oh, you're just an asset now, Negan. That's what you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that kid was an asset. You could have saved his ass and he probably could have saved all your asses, too. Uh, And then the kicker, the thing that really made me go, well, fuck you, Maggie, is at the end of this episode, she reveals that, oh, yeah, by the way, there's a way station on the way to Meridian and it has all the ammo and all the food and all the fucking guns we could ever need. So that ammo bullshit excuse that I gave you earlier was exactly that a bullshit excuse. And I think to the show's credit, it's played as that. Like there's a lot of like people, the faces of the survivors were like, damn, I, I don't know why we had to play it like that in the tunnels. Then if we, you know, like as an audience member, I'm, I'm asking, why did we have to play it that way, Maggie? Why did we I have to play it that way? If you knew this already, that there was endless ammo in this way station. I think they're just really trying to tell a story of Maggie being kind of utilitarian from her experiences that she just doesn't have that kind of like good Maggie green streak to her anymore. But what's the, what's the utility of letting this kid die? Yeah, I mean, that's the problem because there's no utility situation is stupid because yeah. like I don't buy. First of all, I don't even buy the kid so dumb. That he wouldn't. First of all, three strong men with fucking crowbars can't get any of these goddamn doors open but this kid dumb fucking just waltz to the back of the train and get all the way back to the point where the one last door is sticky second of all yeah okay he's a dumbass and he lost her ammo and he shit his pants and you know questioned the decision the questionable decisions maggie was making last episode Mm. but he's really so stupid he won't shut a door behind him when zombies are chasing him like we talked about how fucking sheltered the hilltop kids were. Maybe he is that fucking dumb. Yeah, he was it's pretty just, stupid. It's just a pretty it's just a bad is it, it was just a bad way to stage all this. Like, you know, it is. And it makes me think of Maggie uh, less as uh, less as like utilitarian and more as evil. Um, yeah, this right. comes across as just pointless death, pointless yeah, and when she said, I'm sorry, like, I've seen people apologize and being haunted by things that, like, I'm thinking of uh, that scene in, like, even, this is not a great film, but, like, uh, The Rock, you know, mm-hmm. where old boy, like, had to lock one of his soldiers in a weapons thing that's about to melt his face off, and, like, you know, like, some real a uh, fucking Kirk, uh, or, uh, you know, Spock going in there uh, into the reactor, like, I've seen yeah. things where people are doomed, and even maybe the person's, but, like, they p- felt bad. I don't think Maggie even felt bad. And the rest of the episode no. goes and makes sure that I know that Maggie's conscious has been seared. Mm. So like, okay, that's an interesting thing to do with Maggie green, but we'll, we'll see how it pans out. Yeah. I thought she was going to come back and I don't know, help out this group. doesn't seem that way. Uh, so Eugene is still sitting in the hall, struggling to keep his shit together. And he asked the guards when they'll be done with Yumiko. And they say, Oh, uh, Yumiko, we never heard of him. As a fact, no one's in that room, and they just tell him to leave. What friend? They all said that they were not your friends. They're very clear about that. Yeah. Um. What? So, what's the point of this? What's the point of gaslighting the shit out of Eugene? About her not being in the room? Um, yeah. I don't 
No, I, I guess maybe she's not in the room. They've taken her and his friends to yeah, processing this at this some, point. This is right? still some word. We've always been at war with Eurasia, 1984 bullshit. Like this guy's not has been unaware that there were people in there that this guy's been waiting outside waiting for his friends like oh, I, I just don't understand like uh some of this commonwealth stuff seems sinister i don't know is the commonwealth sinister or are they not like if and if they are sinister what's the utility of making them so openly sinister in the beginning like i i don't i don't get it um yeah i mean the, certainly i don't know i mean i think we assumed a lot based on the way that they were acting, the sort of authoritarian nature of the things that they were doing early mm-hmm. on, disappearing but it, people. And <laughs> but, it, but if you look at them versus literally any other group that they've ever encountered, it's night and day. This is, this is fucking flowers and bunnies, man. This is exactly what you want to run into in the apocalypse. Yeah. But like, I, I get the, them saying stuff like processing and, and, and he can be like, oh, are you processing like right. uh, forms or processing like baloney? Like that's <laughs> but be like, what friends? What? Get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> shouldn't they escort him back to the pin? Like, there's like, just Probably. get like, let's leave. Just just wander the facility. <laughs> right. Like, I, I, there's a shitter the around the corner if you want to go there on a tin. Right. <laughs> hang out. Hang out. I've heard it's great. It's got tel- toilet paper and everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have we have odor de- we have uh we have spray deodorant oh shit. that's how that's how Do fancy they? their their shitters are yeah they, they've rediscovered febreze nice essential oils do they have a little uh dispenser there they do they got one of those things that they get the, they got a glade fresh plug-in they found nice. like a whole train car full of them they got they got frankly i'd rather supply. smell shit <laughs> those things are awful <laughs> i know it's island breezes mm. yeah they need timers on those so they don't just smell like you are chewing one of the pods every time you walk into the room yeah for sure all right before we move on to the next scene let's take a quick break and be right back all right negan is getting nervous about his bad memories and shitty teen comes back as a walker boston (laughs) rob tries to make the others feel bad about telling him to die but no one cares maggie tells a story of how things could absolutely be worse than dying to the walkers uh, in a story I can't even repeat. It's so fucking dark. Uh, and how the things she's seen have made her appreciate what they're doing in the communities even more. All right. I've got one question for you. Mm-hmm. Did Boston Rob just invent the term hot take? Dude, I don't know. I was wondering the same thing. Like, 12 is that years an- ago. Anachronism? It's 2009. Like, I-, I think that's like, it's, it's, it's maybe the beginning of Twitter, but it's definitely before people in, were using the term hot take. I think I think hot take was like certainly normalized by the, the, the last 10 years. But like it was it unknown. Like when when did it actually, you know, like that's a hot take. I don't know. I guess I, I had it in the same notes. Is that an anachronism? I'm pretty um, sure it is. But uh, it's something that The Walking Dead probably should pay attention to now that they're so many years post apocalypse, but they mm-hmm. probably won't. No. Um, yeah, but I thought that too. I expected uh, him to call Negan a simp at some point. No, it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Quit simping for the the, the for Gage, man. Right. Um, yeah, so I know you're, you're not going to describe the story, but it's essentially uh, an old, a helpless old man wants um, help taking a shopping cart of clothes back to his children. Maggie knows the whole time that something fucked up and weird. 
gets there. It turns out this guy's some kind of weirdo serial killer. He's got some deformed sons. He's he's keeping a slave camp of women that they're using um, like, you know, sex slaves, essentially, I think, cutting their arms and legs off, making the torsos. They're all pregnant. One of them is dead with a zombie baby inside of her. Um, they're they're tearing so I, out their vocal cords so they tear out their vocals so they can't scream. Yeah. It's just the worst kind of shit. Yeah. Um, and like Depraved. I said, it's it's season four X Files home essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, is like I felt like a better show would have like not shown everything they're talking about, but it would have had a like a, some flat some key flashbacks to like Maggie looking into the attic or Maggie meeting the old man or Maggie like yeah. kind of like put us into because it. It it felt like just that. them. It felt like them just putting a camera on Lauren Cohen for three minutes and having her tell a story with a flashlight under her chin, like around the camp story. Yeah. Well, and you know that's cheaper. Little, yeah, that's true. You don't have to actually have a different location and hire another. But like, I felt it would have been more effective. And again, she told this story as a way to kind of answer why she did the gauge thing. And I don't think it really answers the question. It's like, yeah, you know, she says like basically, I've seen worse than his death, so his death is fine. Yeah, it's like if my son said, you know, Dad, why don't we go to Disney World this year? It's because we drop bombs on Hiroshima. <laughs> Do you understand? People melted in the sidewalks, and you're talking about Disneyland? Like, okay, all right, yeah, sure, that's that's a lot. That's a lot worse than missing out on Disneyland, Dad. But like, what the f- right? I, yeah, like the world can be shittier. No matter what mm-hmm. situation you're in, there's been a worse situation. Like, there's probably someone in this zombie hellhole that could fly in with an even worse story than Maggie. Oh, to yeah. justify whatever fucked up shit they've just done. <laughs> like the woman who was in the position that Maggie was in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh that yeah. thing you saw, that was me, lady. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is like. I don't know. I I admired them going so dark. I didn't think The Walking Dead had it in them to do anything this dark because the darkness that they have portrayed up until this point has been very much based on like either showing something really gross, which is not like it's not particularly fucked up. It's just disgusting. Or it's been very tame. It's been like cable TV, you know, kind of the shit that is out on the internet you can see way darker uh than the shit that goes on on cable tv so i was surprised they went here frankly but and, here's and the happy deal with that the the moral of the story though she gets to it she's like okay so i saw this fucked up situation i saw these women and all this and my first thought was oh my god they're still alive so there must be food here but mm-hmm. i thought that was like okay that's kind of cool but then she yeah. goes and just starts going into word salad where she's like, uh, then I, you know, it turns out I found lots of food. Me and uh, Herschel Jr. bopped out of there. And she goes, what we have at Alexandria is rare. Mm-hmm. It has to be because if it isn't, and then Negan says it means we're lucky. It means nobody's got it figured out. Nobody ever will. What, what the fuck? What is? Yeah, what the is train that? of thought here got derailed somewhere. Because, like, I don't know. This goes against everything I actually personally believe. I think most people are good. Uh, and as evidence, you know, like just look around us, like, you know, the fact that the, the, the highways aren't like 30% casualty rates uh, indicates that we have some kind of inherent like looking after our brother, being our brother's keeper kind of hardwired into us the ability to want to work together, cooperate, um, get along, um, gain approval. Like that's kind of hardwired into our DNA as these social creatures that we are. So like I, this is a weird take for the walking dead to go. 
uh, actually everyone's bad and without some kind of framework keeping people to that, then, you know, things things go to shit. Um, yeah, I thought it was it, and it didn't follow from the story either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Um, I, I, I guess if I'm being generous, if I'm playing devil's advocate, like, is there some perverse uh, like a reversal of incentives are in a world where humans aren't fighting for their very survival is being good an asset. Whereas in this world, being the opposite is the asset. And so he's saying we're lucky because in this world, the only thing that matters is getting yours and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and taking it from everyone else because it's a zero something. I, I don't know that that's where it I would go like if I were tribes. trying to justify it, but yeah, I'm not trying to. Yeah, I guess, um, there's a little bit of that, like uh, they're doing this, a lot of things, I think, better in the expanse where they're talking about, you know, what a tribe is. And uh, when times are tough, tribes get smaller. When times are good, mm-hmm. tribes get better. Like just like I, I think there's some things you can there's uh, some things in the margins you can pick around that. Maybe they're setting up that these people are kind of giving up on rebooting civilization and they're going to come across the Commonwealth um, and like be reinvigorated. Be. But it seems like the Commonwealth is going to ultimately be evil. <laughs> Like it has to be right. If the Commonwealth is just like the new good guys, and uh, our team becomes a small cog into it, that seems like a weird way to end the series. But I, I don't know. I, don't know. I just felt like, yeah, like this whole sequence of set Negan being like, "Oh, I'm an asshole," but what if it? And Maggie's like, "Oh, you want to compete about being an asshole? Let me watch this kid die for no good reason." Now let me tell you the story about why I did that. And then I mean, have Negan uh, uh, spike the thing I just set up for him by saying everyone sucks and there's no hope. Like, ah. yeah, it was pretty, pretty weird uh, logic leaps happening in this yeah. scene. But I, I yeah. do think like, let's let's talk about that um, idea that Alexandria or that our group that we've known for so long would become a cog in something bigger. I think I'm OK with that. I because mm-hmm. like. I, I guess. The preferred idea here, right? The preferred path forward would be for Alexandria to have created its constitution and the hilltop to still be around and Oceanside and kingdom all getting together and creating that bigger machine that somebody else could be a cog of. Yeah. But I think it's also pretty satisfying if you tell the story of like they tried this circumstance kind of brought it down and Mm -hmm. You know, exactly opposite of what Negan said. They got unlucky, right? They were building something great and then they got fucking unlucky because they kept meeting brand new threat and brand new threat and brand new threat. And all of those whittled away at him and whittled away at their psyche to the point where even they were losing hope. Mm -hmm. But then they find the bigger machine that is good and that is reestablishing some sense of like justice and uh, good in the world. And yeah, they can just become a part of it. Like maybe they take Meridian and become, you know, like a a second, you know, an offshoot of Commonwealth. Mm. I guess I would be kind of cool with that. I think that's a natural, interesting story to tell. Yeah. And you can, there's a lot of things you can talk about, like in terms of immigration versus colonization slash imperialization. Like what if uh, the Commonwealth had met full strength Alexander would be like, Hey, you know what? You just have to you essentially join or die. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't probably have accepted that, but like it would have been a big, um, increase in their quality of life and probably their access to technology. And, you know, maybe Ezekiel would get his goiter cancer cured. Mm-hmm. 
and all they have to do is bend the knee. I don't know. Like there's there's a lot of things they could go directions I think are interesting and it just seems like they're this this surface kind of like daytime drama level of conflict (laughs) instead of going for the big picture stuff yeah they do have quite a few episodes left so hopefully they'll get there 22 by the last uh, estimate yeah once we remove all the mystery around the commonwealth once we start I did get worried because like I said garbage in garbage out and like the the setting up of the season is going to like if they get on the ball, I fully expect the next episode or two to be shaky too, mm-hmm. because it has to be uh, like you. And and then there's also like uh, sometimes when you get far enough out from disasters, you can kind of build, you know, because we saw I can't remember. There's some stuff in season nine and ten where they allude to things that happen in seven and eight that I remember being stupid. But like if you just kind of like vaguely think back of like, oh, this is a you know, formative thing in this character's development and it kind of tracks like, yeah, yeah. Like the fact that like Maggie and Negan had his gulf between them that's later healed. You can still make it work even if that was stupid. But, but like, I, yeah, I just, I'm nervous because I think the next episode or two at least are going to be shaky just because they're built on this foundation, which is highly unstable. I, I talked a little bit earlier about the, how dumb the flare is given the lighting situation in this tunnel, but I wanted to talk about like, artistically i thought it was kind of cool because she's telling a fucking horror story here and this just takes me back to a fucking campfire like telling your friends a a scary story around a campfire with the flashlight under your chin she's got this flare the the road flare under her chin lighting her face from below it was (laughs) blood red Yeah, yeah yeah very cool i liked what they did there visually it was evocative yeah yeah um so then Daryl continues through the shaft. He kills a walker that's chasing him, then pops out a grate, kills a couple more. And the old guy who left earlier comes out of the darkness and dog and Daryl put down some walkers to save him. And apparently this guy has lost all of their ammo, which again, doesn't fucking matter. Doesn't fucking matter. The show's like making a big deal about ammo. It's never going to matter. Uh, and he gives Daryl what little he has on him. And then he, <laughs> I guess is resigned to his death here, but but he doesn't Shows die. Up later. I, yeah. yeah, man. Like he's like, tell my kids I didn't die a coward. And Daryl's like, I don't, I don't, I don't lie to kids, man. That's one of the many reasons you're a shit father. Pop, pop, pop. Like I, I was expecting him to do something like that, but like, yeah. tell my kids I didn't die a coward. Then he comes back and he just dies a dumbass 15 minutes later. Uh, but he does give Daryl a sweet grenade. I didn't even like mm-hmm. this guy. Like I had no, I forgot that there was an old man with Gage. I knew mm-hmm. that they, but so like, I thought this was another like homeless tunnel zombie (laughs) (laughs) it was framed weird too because i thought when they were killing the guy they were accidentally killing him instead of the walker and i i was very confused yeah it was it was it was weird it was weird um anyway but also like the fact that like they're not going to do anything with the floodwaters like maggie turns out right the top side is somehow worse it must be just like a fucking meat literal meat grinder because this guy's covered head to toe with blood (laughs) But apparently not bit by zombies or anything. Yeah. Uh, I don't also, know, man. Daryl's fucking around these zombies in a tunnel. He comes out. Apparently he's had this morning star in his backpack this whole time. Mm-hmm. Please pay attention to Daryl's backpack. It's the fat, most fascinating thing. It is a backpack with nothing in it. Can, I, can, can we, before the next season, can we get like a five pound dummy weight to throw in back there? Because like, it just tickles me to death the idea that Daryl's got like a fucking morning star and a mace uh, loaded in this thing and he puts it on just like a kid throws a towel over his neck to be a Superman. Yeah. Like, they're, like 
it's come on, I, man. Uh, my, my school books weighed about 20 pounds when I was a kid. And I remember how heavy that was and, and what a chore it was to put on and off. Although I was a kid, it's maybe I could have carried a morning star if I was a strapping adult. But it's so it's so funny because my son every once in a while when he goes to play airsoft with his cousins or whatever, he likes to dress up in like these surplus military fatigues. And he's got like a you know, a mil spec uh, camo backpack. And when he went out there, he, I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he's like, what? I'm like, your backpack looks stupid, dude, because it just looks like a flat thing strapped to your chest. It's like, here, let's stuff it. So it gives a little shape. I care more about my son's fake airsoft prop. than this show cares more about Daryl fucking Dixon's backpack. How yeah. is this possible? Like, look at it flopping around on his back. And the scenes is so goddamn distracting. And keep in mind when you see it flop around, it has a, fucking mace in it <laughs> you know what costs money to put in backpacks maces you know what's free air air is everywhere <laughs> man guess, they can harvest I air guess. for nothing i guess daryl's you know like norman reed's like i got sciatica man i can't have five extra pounds in this damn thing <laughs> you know how old like, i am i might look like i'm 30 but i'm 58 yeah <laughs> stuff it full of socks or some shit yeah like right. cotton fluff or something his backpack situation needs to be resolved damn damn yeah. I'm with you. All right. Uh, the group opens another train door, but find the next one uh, completely blocked. The walkers threaten to burst into the car from the other end. Shoulders tries to bash the door open. The walkers bust into the car anyway, and they start killing him. Daryl hears it uh, and comes running. <laughs> when I say they start killing them, I mean the group starts killing the walkers, not mm-hmm. the other way around. <laughs> uh, Maggie gives Negan a gun so he can help out. And then Daryl creeps up from behind and thin the thins the herd with bullets and grenades while the rest of the group mops him up from the other end. I was really, the thing is, is like, uh, Daryl's almost gotten taken out by friendly fire before season two. Andrew almost kills him for no good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I see this group just unloading into zombies and I see Daryl coming from, the, I'm like, Oh God, what if he gets taken out? Of course Crossfire. that's not going to happen. Yeah. But like, these people are not observing the 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 one of the most important rules of gun safety, which is be sure of your target and what's beyond your target. Mm-hmm. Um, especially Daryl, who's presumably wanting to go and save these people, is just like sh- popping off shots down the long direction of a train at head level. Fuck. Yeah. Um, having said that, the, the group they're fine. They're shooting at what they assume to be a, just a wall of walkers. Yeah, Daryl. I think that Daryl is. is like, yeah, mm, Daryl needs Darryl. to be a little bit careful. The thing is, I don't understand is, number one, this is an easily defensible position. There's no need to open up, have Daryl, you know, Gabe. Right. Kill everybody. However, having said that, this was really cool action. Yeah. I kind of like the fact that, like, the the people with guns would shoot. And then while they're reloading, the people with bows would step up. It felt like kind of like one of those, uh, you know, 17th century rifle lines, you know, where you got the guys in front reloading mm-hmm. and then they stand up and shoot. And then the guys behind them are reloading and they kneel down. Like it, it felt like a well-oiled machine, and I cannot say enough how entertaining I found the action and isolation of Daryl doing his John Wick stuff, doing the zombies headshots and taking them out with his knife. That yeah. stuff is really cool, and it'll, you know, it, it bodes well for future ba- future battle scenes if they can just stage them and put them into a plot that I give a fuck about. Because this is like if this if this had been a better arc where this was like, you know, a triumphant into a pretty solid run of two episodes, I would have been on my feet cheering because yeah. it is very, very cool. Yeah. That shot from outside the train where Daryl's just headshot, headshot, headshot. Mm-hmm. It's really Tasty. cool. Shot. Tasty. Uh, and I will give them credit too. like all that money they've been scrimping and saving by doing stupid things earlier in the episode. 
I've Walking Dead does not uh, scrimp when it comes to its its zombie extras. Like mm-hmm. they it, they never reuse a shot. It's not like oh you know you use that shot two minutes ago when walkers were coming in the train. I've seen movies do that. I've seen shows oh, do yeah. that to save money and Flip or, or the frame just, left or right so it looks different right yeah. they never do that and they always no. have like a, just a shitload of extras coming down a tunnel uh they do that zombie stuff right they do they do and like they find new horrifying ways like the death of gauge i thought was pretty good um mm-hmm. it is funny him just standing there like menacing the group like yeah, like I, as soon as I like, yeah, he has full memories of life. As, as soon yeah. as I fucking get through this door, I'm taking you guys out. That was that was pretty good. Um, yeah. Uh, then we go back to Eugene, who I think is whittling a stake. I a shiv. Yeah, he's making a prison shiv. Yeah, he never he never uses it, which is good because he'd probably just stab himself accidentally. But they do. I, I don't know. So is that showing that like he's not a complete cat craven? He was going to go down swinging because also throughout his interrogation, they can't keep panning below the desk where, you know, he's got it up his sleeve. I thought but he was going to use it to avoid like a lie no, detector, is, you know, where dude, they this, put like a tack oh, in their shoe yeah. or something. I was like, oh, he's going to do that. Yeah. And then he yeah. doesn't. Yeah. He's jabbing himself in every question. So he looks like he's stressed and tensed and all that. Yeah. Um, I do, You want to just check off Shiv. Because it's not like he drops it. So, like, is this going to come back later in the season? Like, we got to keep in mind, Eugene's got a shiv up his sleeve. That's true. Yeah, I didn't think about it. Uh, Mm -hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Anyway, the the rest of the scene, the guards grab him. They bring him to the interrogators. He's extremely nervous. Red guard tells him uh, killing the dead is the only thing that gets me hard, essentially. Mm -hmm. And he tells Eugene, if you lie, I'm going to get hard, basically. And then asks him where his settlement is and why he was at the train station. And Eugene tells him about contacting Blue Weevil and his status as a nervous virgin and claims that everything he said up to now has been the truth. And Josh McDermott fucking Uh, nails this scene. He is hilarious. He's like very serious when he needs to be. He's pathetic. He's you know what this is? (laughs) This is chunk desperately for uh, um spilling the beans on every bad thing he's ever done to the Fratelli gang. It, it totally is. Yeah, you're right. But then at the end, if Chunk exact were like, same energy. and I fucking told the truth, and That's everything right. I said before was true, and and ma- I'm making you believe it right now. Yeah. A couple defiant, of the lines? Like his the, defiant cowardness, cravenness. Like, I told you everything, even the fact that I'm a virgin, and I'm only here to get my dick wet, okay? This Do works. I get an award? Yeah. This is really good writing. This scene is well written. Um, this whole monologue because he's like you know he's lulling them into this sense of like oh this guy is so pathetic god how could we ever assume that this guy would be anything but but telling the truth here because he doesn't have the guts to stand up to us look at this dude and then he is betraying the whole group though he's this is the one thing they told him not to do don't don't you know spill the beans about her backstory well but, but he's also claiming that they don't have a civil right. The, the whole point of this is like I told Stephanie that we had oh, the civilization, had and I lied I to her, her to about be, that yeah, okay, okay, because okay. I was, you know, yeah, you're right. He a did weak keep, coward, I, and I forgot he did swerve on that. Um, but yeah. again, what is the point of this? Because they've already like again the magic phrase. All they needed to say was Yumiko has got a brother in here, and she gets priority. Her, you know consideration 
Yeah. Like, why are they still fucking with Eugene? What's with the torture thing that they just get the pin out? And what's with Mercer? I, I don't I don't. Like I said, it seems like they wanted to give Josh a really cool speech that he could blubber and cry through so that he could get some consideration for the Emmys or something. Oh, come on. The Walking Dead. I, I don't. But but like, yeah, I, I don't understand why yeah. they're doing this to Eugene. Like it's it felt like this is the last test that he had to pass. Mm-hmm. But like it didn't. I don't feel like it made sense in in that context. I don't know. Hey. I mean. Whether it made sense or not, I loved it. I think um, yeah. a couple of uh, a nice callback in this speech where he's talking about, uh, you know, I'm a virgin, but I've observed the act more times than I care to admit, which is going back to Rosita and Abraham sure. fucking in the library yeah. stuff from like season four. I, it's been a long ass time, long time. Uh, and <laughs> right after that, where he said, oh, thank you for holding back your titters. <laughs> like, uh, it's so funny. It's so funny. It's yeah. just a great line. I don't know. I wonder if there's I a Eugene dialogue generator on the internet that just oh, uh, yeah. chains together these long phrases that don't mean anything. And because mm-hmm. uh, it is, they've they've mastered it. Like this, the dialogue that just flows out of his mouth. It's great. Although I will say there was one line in this that I hated, and it was when Redguard says the magma sw- or the magenta swarms. I'm like. That's a weird way to say you get excited. Yeah, getting a little settle down, Homer. You don't have to tell us the about the, the fucking wine dark seas. Like what? Right? What is this Iliad shit coming do, out of this? Yeah. Do, yeah. do they have a literature class at West Point? Because man graduated from West Point. Yeah, he's I not guess a dummy. So yeah, wild. Um. So I don't know. I I like this scene a lot. And then he's taken to processing where he sees the rest of the group completely unharmed and happy to see him. They explain that they've been extremely well treated and the red guard comes in, reads them some regulations and welcomes them into the Commonwealth. Uh, But that's not the only surprise for him. Then Stephanie comes in and introduces herself to Eugene and she is about as Lisa Loeb as you could possibly look. Yep. Without actually being Lisa Loeb, without actually singing stay as you come in the door. I thought it was an interesting way to end this particular arc when, you know, Eugene steps forward and says, well, I'm Eugene. And she screams like the bride of Frankenstein. Like, I wasn't expecting that, but it made sense. You know, yeah, it's a lot. Of- <laughs> <laughs> there are certain expectations that weren't. No, sure. she, she's 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 uh, she's happy to see that, that you, you, Eugene, uh, even though he's still in mid flop sweat. He hasn't stopped like he's maybe pumped the brakes a little bit. Now he's with his friends, but he's still very moist from all the flops <laughs> it's true uh, i also looked in um, these uh, they, they talk about the uh, legacy constitution article one section eight that is the part uh, among other things that empowers congress to set the rules for naturalization of citizens mm. and then they may, they talk about the the uh, section 14 of the legacy udhr which is i think the uh, uh, universal declaration of human rights from the un that says that everyone has a right to seek asylum from uh you know fleeing like danger persecution mm-hmm. so apparently they're uh the uh uh whatever the the new articles of perpetual union essentially subsume a lot of this other government stuff which i thought is kind of yeah. cool maybe met smarter than michonne's like clean draft approach yeah yeah you know and um, basically having eight bulleted list uh, items <laughs> right? right 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 like we're we're not gonna be mean to people <laughs> 
Yeah. But like, I also like it, it. It's going to be interesting to see how they explore, like, I guess the banality of evil. Cause again, I don't think the Commonwealth are good people. Although honestly, that huh. would be the biggest subversion. If it turns out the Commonwealth are the good guys and our, our crew is a bunch of traumatized assholes who can't get anything together. And there's always sabotaging themselves. Um, I don't think that's a story they'll tell. Or maybe the Commonwealth's got their shit together and our group will just destroy it from the inside because they're so right. insane. They've already tried. <laughs> like, they've beaten people and, yeah, yeah. it's... Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've not seen anything from the Commonwealth that actually marks them as bad guys to me yet. They're certainly, like, cautious. Well, yeah. And like I said, there might be a rule, but, like, they're definitely... But I don't know, like, how much of that is theater? How much of all this is theater? Because I also noticed the Commonwealth is using buggies with horse-drawn buggies. So, like, they don't mm. have as unlimited of resources as maybe I was assuming. Yeah, they're um, not on an oil Or maybe well they're just not wasteful. Anything. Yeah, like, maybe it's like, well, if, uh, you know, you don't need to go somewhere fast and you take the fucking buggy, but... Yeah. I'm curious to find out more. That's the, the best part of the season, as far as I'm concerned. Talked about what what Stephanie must think of what Eugene looks like, but what must she think of what he smells like? This is a woman who's civilized. This is a woman who has been taking regular showers. Yeah. And Eugene, as best I can tell, has not taken a shower in months since he left. Maybe years for sure. Nah, they they had they had running water and solar panel and stuff. And they, they took showers in Alexandria for sure. But did Eugene take showers? Did Eugene take that's a good question. <laughs> no, but question. at best he's not showered in a few weeks. Uh she's gonna first thing first hit the showers with him. Yeah. Anyway, the group uh in the tunnel makes it to the exit, and Negan gives the gun back to Maggie, and Maggie asks about the note that Daryl's carrying, and then says, We're heading to Arbor Hills for a hidden supply depot with ammo, food, and weapons. And Negan leads the way, but oops, along the way, they're ambushed on the road by another group. I assume the Reapers. I don't actually know. I think so. It makes me a question, though, if Casey Jones used to be a member of the Reapers because he looks just like them. They're all wearing those, you know, like, is he kind of like a, this group's Lydia? He's a reformed Reaper. Or is he this group's um, Dante? Does does Maggie mm, not know she's been living with a Reaper? She's been infiltrated. Trying to track not- Alexandria the whole time. I gotta say, he's kind of hiding in plain sight. If that's the case. <laughs> yeah. It's not like Dante had his full skin suit on. <laughs> right. I'm a doctor and his flesh is evil dead flesh. What can I do you for? You running a fever? He's got this fucking zombie mask on. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. I forgot I was undercover. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Flirting with the old ladies with his skin suit. Yeah. God, what? Are we ever going to find out what went wrong with Georgie? Because uh, like she's, no. she's got all these depots and seemed well organized, but and but yes, very decentralized. Yet didn't Georgie leave? Georgie shit. left for like Portland or something, didn't she? She that's true. She didn't. She went for a bit. Like she went to find like a com another Commonwealth that yeah, she had yeah. heard about. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, she I might still true. be around. We might I get find her out. coming back. I, I hope they just don't drop that from the thing. Um. Mm-hmm. But also, there's also um like when Maggie and D- Daryl got together, there's a little bit of a crossover because I can't remember what point in the episode that Maggie finds. It may have been even last episode, uh, a stuffed rabbit. Yeah, yeah. And then there's also a picture of two kids that left that note about, uh, you know, this is the old Walking Dead trick. Dad, mom haven't come back. They're going to have to but they're going to keep tuning in the radio at a particular time. Mm-hmm. Those kids, one of them had that identical rabbit. So I thought it was nice when like uh, Daryl and Maggie got together. It's like, what do you see? Yeah, same shit you saw. There's like this kind of like whole overarching storage you can almost piece together, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these Reapers, they look like trouble. They look I like I. 
I imagine our group gets taken captured because they don't have the ammo yet. And these guys are real big and strong. And like Neo Jesus got his leg penetrated and his arm torn off, I think, by one of these spinning blade things. Damn. That the Reapers are coming in. Like these don't seem like the take prisoner types. Right. They seem like the type that got you and string you up by your heels as a warning to like stay out of our fucking neighborhood. Yeah. So I don't know if they get caught what that's going to mean. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, that's our coverage of this week's episode. We, I will of say, course, uh, oh, hold on, I'm, I'm bummed a little bit that they play the next time on immediately after this because I know a little bit about what's going to happen next week just because mm. while I'm finishing up my notes, they're playing Gabriel saying, you try to kill our friends. And I, I'm like, well, they're probably going to get out of this somehow. I, well, of course, yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. That stuff always sucks to know what's coming. You wish you, wish you didn't have no know, know anything. You have to like, yeah, kill it as soon as the the last scene. Yeah, right. It, I guess it, I just had to. I wish button. I had to seek it out as opposed yeah. to being slapped in the face with it immediately after the episode. Especially since it's been so many years since I've seen the next time on Walking Dead. You know, um, yeah, I've, we've been catching them up on the, the last since season eight. We've been catching up on like uh, fucking no, in season nine, we been catching up on Amazon. So it's been several years, but. Yeah, yes. and, uh, yeah. Honestly, when's the last time we watched a show where they just ran that? Like, it seems like they only like, do it on AMC Plus, though, right? It's it's not like this was happening. Well, that would happen if you watched it on the episode, like as like as they were, the, you know, because the credits would go into a small window and then they'd instantly say next time yeah, on yeah. The Walking Dead. So like we used to get that, but like HBO doesn't do it. You have to like go to the bonus features to see the next week on. Right. None of the streaming services do it. It's, it's been a That's while. I mean. It's been a long while since we've done. Like a broadcast show. Like yeah, we don't do those cable. anymore. Um, not because we're avoiding them. It's just there hasn't been, you know, no, well, people don't watch them to do anymore. Like cable's dying. I don't know if people yeah. know this, but cord cutting is a thing you can do now. Yeah, but we've reinvented the the, yeah. the 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 we're paying the same price. We just all cut our cords now. So hooray. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens next week. I'm again, uh, I think we should all reset our expectations and go forward the knowledge that these first two episodes were not the greatest foundation. So it's going to be a shaky start, but I hope that they can recover. The Commonwealth is inherently interesting. I think these Reapers are kind of scary and going to be a contrast between the Commonwealth. And structurally, I think we're kind of fine there. It's just oof, oof. We could have handled this Negan Maggie stuff better. Yeah. So we'll find out next week uh, in episode three, if they can kind of recover from the shaky start, send in feedback to watching dead at baldmove.com. We're going to have a full feedback episode, just like we did last week about middle of the week. If you want to watch us record that live, it's pretty easy to do. You just go to twitch.tv slash baldmove at 1 p.m. each Wednesday afternoon. Uh, that's Eastern time in the United States. Um yeah, if you if you show up there, we'll be recording it live. And but then, of course, it'll be out later that week. And then next Sunday, right around nine o'clock, we'll drop the full episode for the next Walking Dead. Watching Dead at BaldMove.com. Follow BaldMove on Twitter. Twitter.com uh, slash BaldMove, um, et cetera, et cetera. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later. Later.